listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Father, bless your word, bless your people this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already spoken, what you've already done and said. And Lord, as we read this, we, we come hungry, we come thirsty, we've come to receive, Lord, from your spirit. Lord, let your word go forth, anoint each ear to hear, let each heart be receptive to receive what the spirit of God has for them this morning. Father, I pray that you give me utterance in the Holy Ghost this morning. We give you the praise for it even now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. If you have your Bibles, just, we're not going to take long here, but open up to the book of Acts chapter 16. This, this message came to me yesterday and it hit me and I'm nervous to even preach it because, uh, man, I just, I just I, I, it took everything to just not break down and just start weeping when I was writing it. And uh, because I feel the, so, I mean, even just now, I, I feel the anointing even now so strong. And uh, I know this is a word from heaven. Hallelujah. And uh, it's called the Macedonian cry. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 16 and verse 7, when you're there, just say amen. Now, this chapter is the chapter where we talk about all the time where Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. And at the midnight hour, there was the earthquake and you know the story. But I want to read from verse 7. It says, after they were come to Messiah, and they passing by Messiah came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And in the vision there stood a man from Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So here's Paul. He's sleeping in the middle of the night and suddenly his sleep is interrupted. <laughs> you know, the Lord will just come in the midnight. He'll come in the night hours and the Lord will actually speak to you. Hallelujah. And his sleep was interrupted by a vision, and it was a vision of a man, and it was a man in Macedonia, and the guy, the man was crying out. He said, come to Macedonia, come and help us. And Paul, waking up from the vision the next day, obviously shared it, and they gathered that surely the Lord must be calling us there to do something, to be the answer. Hello. And so they went and they did, and you can read through the next two chapters what they did, what the devil tried to do, and what the Lord did, and what was accomplished, and it's powerful. But notice, he, he saw a vision. He saw the man. He saw that there was a need. Now, you don't need the Lord to just come and give you a, a supernatural vision, which there's different kinds of vision. I'm not going to go through all of them tonight. You'll come to Bible school for that one. Amen. To learn the three kinds of visions, open visions, closed visions, you know. Hello, But you don't need an actual supernatural vision to see the needs of people. Are you with me? You know, the Lord wants to come and he wants to open the eyes of the church that there is a hurting world. 
You know, there's more to the world than Coshocton. There's more to the world than just Ohio. You know, I believe that in this ministry and in this church and, and through the, even the Bible school, the Lord is going to raise people up. They're going to go to other nations. They're going to go. They're going to be people from here that are going to get set ablaze for the Lord. They're going to go to Canada. They're going to go to Mexico. They're going to go to Australia. They're going to go to China. They're going to go to uh, Korea. I mean, they're going to go all over the world. The Lord showed me that back when I was in, in Tampa, that people would come here, receive what God was pouring out, and take it to the, to the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. So there are people, you know, there are people who have never heard the gospel, never heard the gospel. I mean, even this generation come up, you go to the kids and you tell them about Jesus, they say, who's that? You know, a couple generations ago, you, you may not even have gone to church, but you knew who Jesus was because there were the Billy Grahams, there were the Billy Sundays that God raised up with a vision. And they went forth and they obeyed what God was telling them to do. So God wants to open the eyes of people. He wants to give the church vision. God wants the church. He wants his people to see what he sees. God sees all the needs of hurting people. As long as our vision is only on ourselves and our own needs, it's hard to look at the needs of others. It's hard to see. Are you with me? But if you allow the Lord to anoint your eyes and open your eyes, you'll, you, you'll see it. You'll see it on people's face. You'll see it in Walmart. You'll see it, uh, you know, at the gas station. You'll, you'll just see it on people's face. That people are lost. People are hurting. People are broken. And, and I'm telling you right now, and don't sit there and think about what other people need to be doing. The Lord is speaking to you right now. The Lord gave me this last night. I mean, I was weeping when the Lord was, was putting this on my heart. Amen. This is a word for every single one of us. Don't sit there and think about, man, yeah, that person needs to be here today so that they can hear this. What about you? Are your eyes open? Amen. The Lord wants to open your eyes. Paul saw the vision, the vision he saw of the man standing there crying out. Hallelujah. Daniel 7 and verse 13, it says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. This is in Daniel. A vision that Daniel saw, saw of Jesus. Amen. A, a, a vision of all peoples, every nation, every tribe and tongue, every language. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom that God has built. It's not just one of America or, or Europe or what. It's one of every tribe, every tongue, every language, every nationality. Hispanic, Latino, Turkish. Finnish, Canadian, Australian, every tribe, every tongue. Hallelujah. That's God's kingdom. In Revelation 11 and verse 15, it says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's the vision that God has for the earth. Is every tribe, every tongue, all peoples of every nation. God is calling them to repentance. God is calling them to salvation. But God is looking for people that he can show them what he sees and he can send them forth. Now, uh, I don't know if many of you know who David Livingston is. Does anyone know who David Livingston is? 
Okay, it's because we're not from the UK. Amen. He's a big hero over in the UK. But, but he was a trailblazer back in the 1800s. He, went, he was a missionary to Africa. This was in like the early to mid-1800s. This man went and he blazed the trail in Africa. And he was one of the first missionaries over there to Africa. And, uh, you know, there are still churches around today that, that he was... Uh, majorly a part of and an influence over in Africa. But before David Livingston ever went to Africa, he saw a vision of multitudes and multitudes of Africans being born again and receiving Jesus. This is David Livingston. And he had a great ministry and a powerful ministry. But then we saw the ministry of Reinhard Bonnke, who, who knows who, you know, he just went home to be with the Lord. Reinhard Bonnke had a great ministry where over in Africa, masses. I mean, what was it? One crusade, Reinhardt, I think he had a million people. Is that true? A million people. Can you imagine a million people service? I can't even, how surreal that must have been. But then the no in heaven, we're going to, the, the multitudes in heaven. Are you with? Hallelujah. So David Livingston saw that in Africa, God wanted to do something. God wanted to move. He saw multitudes. Now, this is before sound equipment. This is before speakers. This is before microphones. He saw the multitudes coming to Christ. Amen. That was that's what God's vision was for Africa. Then Reinhard Bonnke comes generations later with the, with the slogan that we adopted here. Reinhard Bonnke's uh, mission statement, his slogan was, Africa shall be saved. That was, that was his thing. Africa shall be saved. What is ours? I took that. Kishokton shall be saved. Amen. And then we saw, you could go back and see his ministry and what it, he accomplished. Amen. And uh, we could go through others. Amen. Hallelujah. I wrote here in the, in, in the notes, again, in your bulletin, it says, let God cause you to see what he sees and give you a vision for those that are in need of a savior. Amen. If you saw somebody and they were in great danger, wouldn't you run to help them? When you run, without even thinking, you would run in, you would grab that person and help them. I saw a video the other day on YouTube and there was this man, he was, he was, it was at a subway and he was just texting on his phone, oblivious, was not aware of his surroundings. And he fell into the subway tracks and there was a, a subway thing coming and he was going to die. And this man who was way off by a wall saw him fall in and ran down there and grabbed the guy. I mean, didn't even, I don't even think the guy thought for one moment about his own safety when he saw that, you know, the train was coming. He dove in and saved that guy first and then barely escaped even with his own life. I thought, wow. That's how the church should be. When we see, it's not okay that people are dying and going to a devil's hell. That's not normal. That's not okay. That's not the way it should be. The kingdoms of this world belong to Jesus. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Amen. So when you see somebody in danger, you, you would, who would do that? You would run. You'd probably be like that person. You would run, and you would help that person. Okay, two of you. Okay, the rest of you all know to stay away from a subway. <laughs> Pay very close attention. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, when he was a, a young boy in Africa, I don't know how old he was, but he said one night he actually saw a vision. 
And in the vision, he said he saw Jesus standing there. And, and, and Jesus was there, and behind him was the cross. And he said behind the cross, there was this narrow pathway that went up. He said it was a very narrow, hard pathway, and then it went up to glory. And he said that was, Jesus was there, and he said to his right, he could see it was like a, if you could think of the Grand Canyon, like a cavern, and he saw the masses of humanity. All, I mean, masses and masses, as far as the eye could see, just people, and they were all walking like, a, like in, in one line, and they were all talking and happy and joking and, and laughing and, and everything, and they were walking, but then he could see ahead of them, it was like it would drop off into a cliff, and there were flames coming up. And he said, all these people were walking. And he said they would get to the edge, and right as they would get to the edge, they would see the flames, and they would want to back off and not go down, but just because of the, the push of the people, they would fall in. And he said he just saw these people, all these people just falling in. And then when he looked at the people, and they were all, and he said a lot of them, they had these heavy burdens on, like these big backpacks, and they were just these heavy burdens they were carrying as they were walking. And he said when he looked at Jesus... Jesus was standing there smiling at, at him. And he said, he thought, how could you, he said, how, he thought, how could you smile at this? But Jesus was, that vision later he realized had nothing to do with the loss. It had to do with his calling. It had to do with his calling. Are you with me? So, so then Pastor Ronnie in the vision, he sees them, he sees Jesus, and he said, Jesus, what are you going to do about all these people? And Jesus said, I have done everything I'm going to do about those people. And then Jesus, or then Rodney said, then who will tell them what you did for them? And that's what got him in trouble. This is before he started the ministry. Because <laughs> Jesus just smiled real big. And he said, you must tell them, you must tell them, you must tell them. And then Pastor Ronnie, he said in the vision, he said, I will tell them, I will tell them, I will tell them. And he said he woke up from that night, just like Paul, you know, in the night. And he said when he woke up, he said his pillow was soaking wet. He was just weeping through the night. And that was the, that was the vision that got him into the, you know, really put him into the ministry. Amen. He said later, uh, years later, a similar thing happened in the middle of the night. He said he had a dream. And in the dream, he was standing uh, in Madison Square Garden with Billy Graham. And he said they were talking together. This was back in 1997, 1998. And he said they were talking together and, and Billy Graham was talking to Pastor Rodney about a great soul winning crusade he had in New York back in the, back in the 50s. And, and Billy Graham was telling him everything that happened. And then when, when Pastor Rodney woke up, the Lord said, go to New York, launch one of the biggest soul winning crusades since the 50s. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but like 40,000, 50,000 people got saved. They were going up and down the World Trade Centers in 1999, leading people to the Lord. And Pastor Ronnie stood in New York, Madison Square Garden, and he said, what would, New York, or what would America do if a missile struck New York City two years before 9-11? And what's a missile? A flying projectile. You know, a, a plane can be a type of missile, you know. And this was two years before 9-11. He had a vision. He had a vision. Now, like I said, whether it's a supernatural vision like that or whether the Lord opens your eyes that there is a need here that I am to go here. I'm to go to this person. I am to go to the, this group, this segment of society, this nation, this city, this state. You must go. You must go. Amen. So Paul saw the vision. Once again, it says, 
A vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there a man of Macedonia prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to go to preach the gospel unto them. Hallelujah. So the vision he saw, he saw the need. Amen. The Lord showed him. Amen. Number two, the voice he heard. Paul didn't just see the man, he heard the cry. So he didn't just see the need, he heard the cry. I pray the Lord gives you the eyes to see, but I pray he gives you the ears to hear. That, it, that you need to listen, that there is, that, that if you listen to people, you can hear the need, you can hear the hurt. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. You can hear the discouragement. You can listen. If you listen to people, they can have the biggest smile on their face, but you can hear that they are without hope. They need hope. They're lost. There are people who are lost. Paul saw the vision, but then he heard the cry. Do you hear the cries of people? Are you with me? Hallelujah. Joel 3 and verse 14 says, Multitudes, multitudes are in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. There are many people right now, they are in the valley of decision. Amen. So just another story with that. You know, I tell this a lot, but you know, the, the man who was in Canada, he was a, he's a great, uh, a great uh, what is he, apostle, evangelist or whatever. But the Lord called him to go to Russia to this small, I mean, it's just a small little unreached village that nobody had ever gone and preached the gospel there. And so, you know, long story short, he gets in the tank, he almost dies drowning in the tank and the Lord delivers him. And, and he gets there and he gets to the people and he comes out of the tank and all these people come out to, to greet him. And when he said, I've come to tell you about Jesus, I've come to tell you about God. And he's there with the translator and everything. And, and of course, the Lord gave him a vision to go there. But when he goes out and he begins to talk to these unreached people, these Eskimos, there's Eskimos in Russia. Amen. Eskimos. Amen. I, I mean, I wonder if they had the igloos. Amen. But these, they, when he began to tell them, they all began to weep. They all began to just go crazy. I mean, they were on the ground just weeping and crying. He's like, no, this is good news. Why are you guys crying? And the leader of the Eskimos comes and he says, you don't understand. He said, every night before we go to bed, every night for decades, we come out, we build a big fire, we stand around the fire, we look up at the stars and we say, God, if you're out there, send someone. That's a Macedonian cry. Every night for decades, this, this whole village would come outside around the fire and they didn't know they were lost and they were shouting to the stars, God, if you're out there, send somebody. And here's this man sitting in Canada, sees a map, the Lord says, go to that village. <laughs> go to the village? What's in the village? There's not even Google map of the village. Nothing. You, go, you look on Google map, it's a blur. Nothing. They, they have no information. They know nothing other than what dialect they speak. Of language. They know very, very little. They go in a tank not knowing what to expect. Other, all they have is a word from the Lord. Go. And they go. And here's this, here's this small village who build a fire. And every night they say, God, if you're out there, send somebody to tell us. And God sends someone. Paul saw the vision. Paul heard the cry. You know, people aren't uh, doing that in Coshocton in that they're building a big fire at night. I mean, maybe someone is. I don't know. It's Coshocton, you know. But, but you know, 
there are people that are crying out. There are people who are hurting. But some of them, they cry out to doctors. They cry out to the government. They, but really, inwardly, they're crying out for God. They're crying out. They have a need. They, have, they need attention. They need something. They need, they, they need hope. Amen. But inwardly, what they're looking for is God. Are you with me? Paul saw the vision. Paul heard the cry. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 6 and verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Amen. Paul saw the vision. Paul heard the cry. Number three, Paul accepted the call. Hallelujah. He accepted the call. He didn't just, now look at this. A lot of people in the church are very impressed by the fact that they can see the need and hear the cry. There's a lot of needs. There's a lot of hurting people. And they, they stop there. But Paul, when he saw the vision, when he saw the need, when he heard the cry, he took that as a calling from God to do something about it. Are you with me? When you can see the need, when you hear the cry, when it's burning in your heart, that is God calling you to do something about it. Paul took it as a call from the Lord. Because what does it say? It says, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Amen. So he didn't just see it. He didn't just hear it. He accepted the call. Hallelujah. Paul didn't delay. He went for it immediately. He didn't say, okay, let's plan it for the next month. I mean, if anyone could have planned, it could have been 2,000 years ago. I mean, today we have more technology, I mean, on the planet where we can instantly go, I mean, instantly broadcast around the world. I mean, we have a vehicle. I mean, what took Jesus a week in the, in the, the mountains to get to, we, we can just take a two-hour drive. Amen. What took Paul months to get to, we can take a one-hour flight. I mean, we don't have an excuse to just sit around any longer and just wait around. Amen. Immediately they got up, we're going to Macedonia. You know, that's a big commitment to go to Macedonia. It's a bigger commitment in his day to go to Macedonia from where he was than for me to take a two-hour flight to Florida or a seven-hour flight to Europe or what, are you with me? That's a, that's a big thing to go, you know, yeah, but it was very big for him. Are you with me? Is that fair? So he accepted the call. Matthew 22 and verse 14, Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. Many are called. Many see the vision. Many hear the cry. Few are chosen. Few choose to accept the call. You know who are chosen? The ones who accept. The ones who go. The ones who obey. The ones who don't just hear. They don't just see. But it's the ones who rise up and say, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. You know, just the other day, Bridget could have just, you know, kept driving. She saw. Amen. There was something going on. She heard. She heard the voice of the Lord. She could have said, you know what? My kids need candy. Amen. And that's a possibility. But she then, she accepted it. You know what? The Lord's telling me to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. Amen. Amen. So you see the vision. You hear the cry. But you must then accept the call. Amen. Many are called. Few are chosen. The one who are chosen are the ones who accept the call. Amen. Hallelujah. Now look at this. And this, this is what I really want to get into too. Because I, I went through last night. I went through Acts 16 because I, I thought, man, here is a powerful calling from the Lord. He sees the vision. He hears the cries of the people. He accepts the call. I wanted to go through the opposition that Paul must have faced. 
Are you with me? Because how many of you guys know when, when you begin to accept what God's called you to do and you go for it, immediately it's like all hell breaks loose. Who knows what I'm talking about? I wanted to know what Paul was up against. So look at the battles that he faced. Amen. Number one, immediately he was met with demonic re resistance. So here's Paul. He goes to Macedonia. The first thing he sees is a group of people saved, Lydia and her household. We don't really know how many were saved, probably a lot. Amen. But here's Paul. Immediately he sees people saved. And right after that, he is met with spiritual warfare. He is met with demonic resistance. The fortune teller who came up. And he has to deal with, with a demon, basically. Amen. Uh, so he was met with demonic resistance. He was dragged in front of the rulers of the people. Amen. Uh, he was lied about. He was slandered. This is Paul. He was attacked by a crowd of people. He was beaten with rods, thrown, not just in the prison, but in the inner prison, unjustly, by the way. And all of this resistance was just after he saw, a, he saw a handful of people saved. That's how powerful the gospel is. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash therivercoshocton. Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I wanna pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day, let not one person 
be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.